again, dear listeners, to Wisdom Within, the podcast for all those living with mental health conditions and all the folks who love and care about us. My name is Kathy Servine. I'm your pod hostess and peer support human here again with you. Uh, And we have our show dogs with us, Bella and Biggs, who are half asleep as we speak. Hopefully, uh, I won't put you to sleep. I'm glad that they're sleeping, though, because it's a lot easier to get some work done. So we are delighted that you could join us again for another great episode. We today are going to be tackling uh, kind of a tough topic. Uh, This one is on teenagers and parents and, well, young people of all manner, actually. Um, But teens and parents and tough stuff and Project Semicolon. So uh, we hope that you will tune in for a good program today. Get yourself comfortable. Uh, we're delighted that you're here with us. Uh, as always, before we begin, we begin a rough topic uh, or something that might be triggering to someone, we encourage you to be in a safe space. If you need support, seek help talk to your health professionals or a friend or loved one um, to get the support that you need. Um, we don't intend this intend for this to be a triggering episode, but it is one in our series on lived experience or contains information on lived experience. And anytime you hear someone else telling part of their own story or their own journey, um, it can it can for some folks um, be somewhat triggering. So. We just encourage you that this ultimately is a positive ending episode, even though we touch on a couple of difficult subjects, which actually we expand on or will expand on in other episodes. But for today, glad you're here, glad you've taken the time to be with us, and we will be back in just a moment as we begin today's podcast. article from the Denver Post, and this could have been in any city, really, because it's true for everywhere, Um, but it was about teens, teenagers being more open about uh, talking about things like mental health and even suicide, Um, but they do say that adults are slow to catch up, um, and that there's there's definitely this generational shift, if you will, in how we communicate in this specific area. Suicide has become a reality that teenagers face across not only Colorado, but across America, uh, as the number of youths killing themselves has increased, solidifying it as the leading cause of death, at least in that state, for individuals between the age of 10 and 24. Um, teenagers say part of the difficulty they face when reaching out for help um, is that their parents, teachers, and school administrators came of age during a time when mental health, um, a topic which has often been laced with stigma and shame, was a subject to be avoided or dismissed. So even when conversations are happening, teenagers say they sometimes aren't 
going far enough. Um, but it's a huge topic right now. High schools around the country have coped with student suicides. Um, and teenagers say discussions about suicide uh, only become a priority after a death. And then after a few weeks, it stops. Um, and in the end, they think nothing changes. Um, in some schools, that's not the case. It's become a much more um, a much more prevalent topic. And a lot of high schools are doing great work in uh, working with kids today. Um, but suicide, uh, these teenagers said, shouldn't be thought about the, that way because, um, well, I'm, I'm misreading or mischaracterizing uh, part of the uh, article here. Um, they were the kids thinking was that nothing really changes uh, and one of the students said I think that while it's a huge topic right now it will fade off and that's what makes kids think that it's okay to commit suicide um, but this is a girl who was a teenager um, in a uh, in a group called the happy crew meeting that gets together and these kids get together to talk about anything and everything. There are no taboo topics. Um, but <clears throat> they don't want, they don't want their friends or classmates, uh, f to forget the fact that people have been lost, that friends or classmates have been lost. And these teenagers push to raise awareness about mental health and youth suicide, um, has come more into the spotlight, not just there in Colorado, but um, across the country. And one of the challenges in talking about suicide comes from parents and teachers and some school administrators who have grown up in a culture where the approach to mental illness was to suck it up and deal with it. But students need to be taken seriously before they hurt themselves. Um, even if they're even if there are these are even if their families are mental health professionals, they still might have an underlying <clears throat> excuse me an underlying attitude about mental health or having it known that their child has a mental health issue. Um, for example, they want their kids to just continue to get good grades, which just puts additional pressure on the kids um, and having one student said that she asked actually asked the psychologist the school psychologist that she was required to meet with what can I do to get away from you and she said get your grades up and stop making C's in class so the professor the pressure to perform well in school in extracurricular activities which in itself can create anxiety about failing is part of the um, or one of the risk factors contributing to um, things like teen suicide, according to <clears throat> this particular article. Um, and unlike previous generations, teenagers and young adults are more attuned to their mental health and they're more likely to see a psychologist or to seek other professional help or talk with their counselors. Um, so it According to this article, more than one third of Generation Z and Millennials have actually received um, such help, according to a 2018 study by the American Psychological Association. 
but there is definitely a generational shift. He said it, uh, they said it can be hard for teenagers and children to find a trusted adult to talk about mental health, in part because many adults feel like they need to have an answer for a problem that a youth might be facing. And that's not always um, the case. Um, and that doesn't always address the underlying depression or anxiety that might be present. Parents don't have to have the answer when talking to their children about these topics. Um, school officials said that they increasingly are being called on to provide students with more than one, more than an education, especially as other community-based mental health resources have slowly disappeared across uh, some states. Um, but because their time is also limited with pupils, so there's only so much that they can do to address the mental health of teenagers um, and even children, younger children. Um, so there has to be a larger role out in the community, and everyone has to take a bigger role. It really does take a village, and as more and more students receive mental illness diagnoses, it's become more acceptable to talk about those issues. Schools have had to adapt to meet the youth's needs. Um, it's not always a comfortable situation or a comfortable conversation. It can also be tricky for schools to broach the topic after a student dies. Um, we want to be honest, we want to talk about it, but we also don't want to overexpose kids to trauma who may not have been as impacted. Um, but everyone's impacted. Um, and it's about going forward. Um, and with the help of friends, family, loved ones, our peers, um, we can get through these challenge, these challenges and continue to go forward. And so it was um, in reading through these articles, <clears throat> and again, could have been from any city, about these dramatic increases in recent years and also how teens today are actually more open to seeking help and to talk about things than so many of their parents seem to be. Um, and it's that so many of their parents had been raised not to talk about things. Um, and in some families, that has always been the way. It does my own little heart good to know that young people are now more likely to choose to seek help. And we are going to continue on with this uh, this subject in just a moment. Hang with us. So we're talking today about um, how the rate of teen suicide has increased in recent years, but that um, young people, more young people, are open to and choosing to seeking help and talking about things, um, but that, that in a lot of their families, um, their parents may still be resistant to um, being that open or talking about such things. Uh, not just their parents, but other family members or other people in their environment. Um, and I know when I was growing up, eons ago now, obviously, but way back when, things were never, ever discussed. And there was no help to seek. Um, it was inferred that we just suck it up, 
Uh, we were told to get A's or else. We were told to do what we were told. We um, didn't have parents who would be willing to be involved in anything or take us anywhere. So we were not to sign up for anything in school. We weren't to talk about anything. Uh, it was hard to trust anyone. Um, we were children who were to be seen but not heard. Um, but we were also made to believe that we were different from other people, which we were actually, um, and also that we were better than other people, which we most certainly were not. Um, there was emotional abuse, there was violence, um, there were secrets. I thought, though, back then, that everyone lived the way I lived. So I never realized anything different until I was nearly a teenager. And even then, it all just continued to get worse. So in my own youth, suicidal, youth, suicidal thoughts well, uh, were with me so very often. Um, like, what if I just did this? Or what if I did that? on into my late teens when I remember driving myself to work thinking what if I just drove really fast into that pole um, and then choosing to continue on to work even though I was in tears <clears throat> the whole rest of the way and there were many drives like that um, but my small amount of income um, was went to the family and helped to feed my two younger sisters every week. So that was my logic. I never said anything about those drives, though. Um, and my youth and growing up and early adulthood are all a long, strange story. And some of it since then has been kind of strange. But that's not my point. My point here is somehow I'm still here. I just innately chose to continue again and again and again. I have basically been a, a project semicolon my whole life without knowing it. And Project Semicolon, if you're not familiar, is a suicide prevention organization. Um, they encourage their fellow humans that it matters that you are here, that you continue to choose life that you continue. And so the semicolon is a symbol of that. And a lot of people have it on tattoos or artwork or what have you. Um, and that is their, <clears throat> that is the premise of that organization. And at this point in my life, <clears throat> excuse me, most of the people from my youth are no longer a part of my life. They are still a part of my journey. Um, those that are still alive, I wish them only good things. Um, but it is a hard lesson to learn that there are sometimes casualties in relationships. Um, and that there is sometimes loss in life. It's still all a part of our journey. And we continue. Much more happily, though, uh, I, I went on to 
become a mom myself, to try to live a positive life, to raise my own sons who are now into their 30s. Um, <clears throat> my sons and our my stepsons are all in their 30s, which is a miracle in itself, knowing those men from when they were younger. Um, but they're all doing great things in the world. They are truly good men and amazing humans. And I have to say that that is all totally on them, though. Um, I personally was just intermittent road crew. Um, they may have some argument with that, but they'll get that. I mean that facetiously, I hope. Um, I just always loved and supported them. And yes, I screwed up along the way, but um, they always knew that somebody had their back and they always knew they had some place to go. Um, and to be honest, I had no idea how to be a good parent when I was 21, because obviously I didn't have that myself. So, and this was in a world way before the internet and before I was able to further my own education. So my logic back then was, I will just do the opposite of what my own parents did. That has to be better, right? And I'm not saying I never screwed up because I certainly did. Um, but we have always tried to keep our sense of humor in our home. Um, I raised my sons to be respectful and well-mannered people, which they are most of the time. But they were loved unconditionally. They were cheered on in their pursuits. They were encouraged that they could accomplish any good thing in life that they set their minds to. They were encouraged to always keep learning. That's what ultimately has gotten me through almost every struggle I've ever had. Keep learning. And the world knows so much more now than it did back then. We understand things so much better. We know now, for example, that our brains continue to develop well into our mid-20s, especially our frontal cortex, which has everything to do with our ability to rationalize. And we also know about how many stages of brain development there are and how they connect to each other and that when one stage is interrupted or unmet in some way with what it needs, um, it can affect the stages that come after. Uh, and I think about myself at 18 or 19 or at 13 or at 6 and I think, no wonder life was so complicated. I think about um, back then the Vietnam War going on. And the, the I know now that the average age of the soldiers who fought that war were 19. Their brains weren't even finished yet. And look what they were um, expected to do. And, and so many wars have been that way. And so many generations have had um, wartime-related uh, post-traumatic stress disorder and other mental health uh, conditions that have arisen out of things that happen to them during certain stages of their brain development, which obviously wasn't the focus. The focus was whichever conflict it was that was being fought. But um, it's life is still complicated for young people growing up. 
um, for my own kids and now my grandkids coming up, it's a much more complex world now in 2019. Um, everything has advanced so much. Technology has changed so much. And it's been a blessing and a curse too. But there are positives and negatives to everything. So it's more about understanding the tools we are given to work with and understanding how to prop properly use those tools and knowing and to know what the dangers are so uh, that we can move forward in a positive direction. Uh, but dear humans, parenting is not for sissies. It takes guts and love and a serious dose of cultivating our ability not to panic. But it is hard and you will make mistakes. But I believe raising good humans is our finest accomplishment and the greatest gift we can give to this world. It is vital that we encourage our collective kids forward to continue. And to our young people, keep going. You can do hard things. Please remember that you and your life matter. It matters that you continue. It's what we as humans do. You will make mistakes and you will have pitfalls, but so will your parents because we are all human. But that we are also human in that we can learn from our mistakes and we know that learning moves us forward. So kids, have patience with yourselves. You are going to turn out great. And try to have patience with your parents. They are a work in progress too. And grown-ups, if you know and love an irrational teenager, and we all were one at some point, keep on loving them out loud and unconditionally and encouraging them in their own journey forward and to continue. And who knows, kids, you might just end up being a really awesome grandparent someday yourself. back in a moment. So we're going to end our program a little bit shy of our usual running time today, but uh, that may be best when we cover a heavy topic. Um, uh, for those who have lost someone to suicide, uh, know that our hearts are with you and along with you, hope that people are able to carry positive memories forward of those beloved humans that have been lost. Um, to those of you who are survivors, um, and there are so many types of survivors in this, so um, if you have gotten through uh, this type of brush in your life, um, our hearts are with you. Uh, we encourage you to continue and persevere and um, 
you know, I, I remember it sometimes in my life, honestly thinking to myself, you know, I really don't think I want to be here anymore, but I'm so damn curious as, how, as to how this huge mess is all going to turn out. And it ended up being, it ended up being a whole lot better life than I ever thought it was going to be. So choosing to continue um, is a very hopeful and courageous thing to do. And uh, I know people uh, who are not with us anymore, um, who died by suicide. And, you know, we can be, some people will be angry with them and say, you know, they had no right to do that. That was so selfish. Um, And I guarantee you that at the height of the heartache and the loneliness and the despair that we end up in, uh, those of us who have had those thoughts um, in our lives, um, whether it's once or many times, to have the courage to stay in the face of what seems like nothing but adversity is just an amazing an amazing thing. So, for those who are living that, I love you for that. I hear you. I am you. And um, it has so been worth sticking around for. So that's my message to you. Continue, because there is so much to continue for. My love to all of you today. If you are in need of professional help, I encourage you, as always, to seek that. In the meantime, we love you. We look forward to having you back with us for another episode. Well done on all of you who made it through a less than easy podcast this venture. So, uh, uh, well done and points all around, um, fist pounds, what have you. And I hope that you will go out and do something positive for yourself or for someone else today. And we will look forward to being with you again very, very soon.